0: Great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibility Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. Uh, today, I have an opportunity to interview Bob Telford, who's been an actor and he's been actively involved in the business overall with regards to even the, the Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, for quite a few years. So, And uh, Bob, you actually wrote the foreword for my book, which so I'm so glad to be able to have you on this interview in, in many ways. And to be able to hear your thoughts about acting and, you know, to even be able to share with the world and listeners of, you know, what it means to be an actor today and, you know, to learn a little bit more about what you've done. So to get an idea, I mean, you've been in the business for a while, um, you know, you're pretty active in in the community and, you know, how did your career flow over the many years that you've been doing? Can you share a little bit more about the, that background and everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I... It's funny when i i graduated from high school i had no idea what i was going to do and so you know my parents were encouraging me to you know get a job learn a trade do all the the usual stuff and so i actually um i enrolled in college uh in an industrial drafting program and uh i mean i have always been creative uh, as a kid I, I always had an interest in music uh, radio was something that i was very fond of you know growing up it was always something that i just found myself thinking wouldn't it be great if i were doing that kind of stuff but anyway so i went and started taking industrial drafting courses and whatnot and this was around the time this was actually in the early 70s and the uh, the aerospace industry took a big dive mm-hmm. and suddenly there was nothing going on in that area but really what for me became a big bonus was I happened to, the college I was going to, which is the local college here, I was walking by the theater department and I heard all this laughter and I just poked my head <laughs> in and I saw these people on stage and they were doing theater games and they were having a blast. Uh huh. And I said, wait a minute, maybe that's what I want to do. And so I, I literally that day changed over... I started, I I signed up for acting classes, I hadn't a clue what I was doing. And I jumped right in. And the professor that I had, recognized that, you know, I was raw and whatever, but she also saw in me that passion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that translated. And so that was sort of the beginning. And she got me involved in theater and gave my name to a local theater company and and the artistic director brought me on board and I thought I I had made the big time. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, uh, (laughs) but I wasn't gonna act right away. They had me doing sweeping the floors, doing sound, doing lights, all the other things. And, but I was glad that I did because it gave me a foundation for later on, to know that you know, as, as, as much as I enjoyed acting, uh, I also found that the more that I knew that the broader my knowledge, the better off the, the, that I was equipped to go out and have a, have a career in this business That's pretty much what got me into the business, and then from there on out, it was just flying by the seat of my pants
0: sometimes, <laughs> but
1: uh, you know that's the way this business is i'm afraid so.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And in a sense, I like that you share that everybody's laughing. Because it's almost like you followed happiness in a way, you know? People it it
1: really, it really is. If you think about it, industrial drafting, I don't know if you're familiar with what it is, is—is but basically you're drawing, you're making drawings of pieces of equipment that will be produced and, and there's, no, there's no noise. You're sitting at a drafting table, you're focusing on this board in front of you, and you're trying to create this I didn't see any joy or pleasure in it, but when I, when I stuck my head in that theater and saw what those guys were doing, I said, this is where I belong. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah, and it really, and it's, the funny thing is, some of those people in that class are still friends of mine today. So there's a much greater community in the theater, in acting, than there is, is in industrial drafting or some of the other jobs that are out there, so...
0: Mm-hmm, for sure, and you know, just thinking about the idea that uh, you've been in the in the business for a while, and I think it's incredibly admirable that you've stuck to it and like had a pretty consistent career over the long term. At least when I pulled you up on IMDb, you know, I was just checking out the, some of the credits, and I've
1: done you know, okay.
0: Yeah. And to get an idea of that, like, you know, for, for other people, you know, there's a lot of people who want to get into acting because they've watched the Oscars and they're like, you know, they only imagine the, the acting as like red carpet stuff. Whereas, you know, what is it like really like in terms of working as actor consistently, you know, as opposed to, you know, just becoming that brand, but realizing that it's a viable career for, you know, the people that put in the work and everything.
1: I think, you know, it's funny. I don't find this profession to be any different than any other profession. By that I mean you you have to first of all you got to know what it is. It, it's a you're selling a product and that product is you. And then once you understand what the product is exactly, who you are and what you have to offer, then you have to figure out where it fits into the industry. Now, the reality about it, and it's funny you mentioned red carpets, because the closest that I've come to red carpets, I've been to the Emmys. I think five years. I went to the Grammys one year as a mm. as a performer. I was a, a in a, I was a performer on an album that was acknowledged for children's recordings. But a, as as a performer, you spend more time chasing the work than you actually do it. And as far as these awards. I mean, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy having gone to the Emmys five years in a row. I enjoyed going to the Grammys. But at the end of the day, everybody in that room is just trying to do what it is that they truly love, which is to entertain. I mean, that's really what it boils down to is, is that you're performing, you're providing a service that is is, a, is entertainment. And that's really it. I mean. It's, as far as I'm concerned, red carpets and whatnot are, are a luxury. In fact, some, in some cases, if you talk to people that go, well, I really don't enjoy the process, I would much rather be working. And I would agree with them that the work is, in my mind, is far more important than walking the red carpet. Now, I will say this. It is nice to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And it's also wonderful to have people recognize you and, and think of you as being somebody, I mean, Everybody that I know in this business is just, they're just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to say they put their pants on one leg at a time, but that's the reality is that we do. We get up in the morning, we have to, we have to do everything that everybody else does. We're no different in that regard. So the only difference is, is that the jobs that we have to do are, I mean, let's be honest, the number of people trying to get that job, it's, the, the, the numbers are overwhelming, thousands of people competing for one job versus if you wanted to go and work, let's say some doing something else, maybe there are 10, 20 applicants, 30 applicants, whatever, even if there were a hundred, it pales in comparison to the number of people that are qualified, you know, to get to, to go out there and, and do what I do or what you do. I really find that, in itself daunting. But at the same time, I, I, once I acknowledge that as a reality, then it was no big deal for me. It's like, okay, what do I have to do? How do I go about doing it? You know, and you talk about branding and whatnot, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful to work on that, but I find that that the industry will tell you what you are. The industry Mm -hmm. dictates who you are. I mean, I find that the roles that I've gotten over the years You know, I think about it and go, oh, so that's how they see me. Okay, fine. I acknowledge it and move on. I don't question it. I don't fight it,
0: you Mm -hmm. know,
1: and uh, it has, it is, it's evolved. I mean, when I first started, I didn't have a clue, you know, but as I got more and more involved, I started to see where I fit in. And I think that's helped me. And you talked about IMDb. One of the things that's not listed on IMDb, and I find that to be a shame, is that, the, for example, I've been fortunate enough to do like 150 commercials over the years. Wow. And when I look at the, the commercials that I've done, and I see the roles that I played in those commercials, I, I realize how much I have evolved you know, what I was when I was in my, you know, early, uh, late 20s, early 30s to what I am now. And I continue to adapt myself uh, based on those changes. But the fact of the matter is, is that I feel very fortunate. Now, I know there are people that have worked more than I have. But at the end of the day, I've, uh, you know, I have no complaints. I, I really have to say that I'm one of the lucky ones.
0: So... Wonderful yeah yeah, 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 and I, I can totally appreciate you sharing that idea of um, you know having the industry uh, taking on what the industry says, you know, as opposed to you know every I, I think I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, they can do this, they can do that, and they can portray this, and you know if you give them the time, they can get ready for this opp- this or that uh, that role, but at the end of the day, trying to find the the opportunities that where you're already a great fit might make your work a whole lot easier than, you know, trying to do something. It
1: it really does make a difference because I've done a lot of teaching over the years and I've shared my experiences and I've mentored people. And so many times when I hear someone say that they can do it all or that how they see themselves, when I ask that question of another actor, I realize that they have not done the work. By that, I don't mean, you know, learning your craft and all that But what they haven't done is the work of figuring out who they are and how they fit. Those two things are paramount to having success. And sometimes it's not an easy question to answer Mm -hmm. because we don't know how we're seeing. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Sam Christensen used to do a program where he would say, how do people see you? Debra Burilsky, Debra Burilsky used to, she was casting director for many years, did home improvement, a lot of other shows. She used to have a, a, uh, a part of her workshop was is that she would ask uh, you to come up in front of the room, talk about yourself. And while you were doing it, she asked the rest of the group to, to write down what they, how they saw you what they saw you, what kinds of roles, all the things necessary that we need to know. And it's fascinating because there were some uh, responses that were on mine, uh, you know, the sheet that I got afterwards. And I thought, wow, I never thought of that. I never realized that that's how I come across. So I think it's really important to allow yourself that luxury to expose yourself and see what comes back. Because if you don't, you're fooling yourself to think you can do it all. Mm -hmm. I can't do it all. Nobody can.
0: Right. But if I do
1: it, if I do it all, didn't mean to interrupt, but if I do it all, it's still me playing that role. For example, if I played a role and you played the same role, it is going to be different by virtue of who we are as individuals. And that's the reality.
0: Yeah. And thanks for sharing that exercise. That definitely sounds like something that's important to do to gain that awareness. I can't
1: tell you how informative it was to me to be able to hear those responses. And it, it supported, for me, it supported an opportunity to go out and, and expand on that, to take advantage of that. You know, whenever someone tries to pigeonhole me into doing something that I'm not right for, I go, I'll do it for you. I'm not sure how successful it's going to be. You know, I will never say no to anybody, mm. but I also know that there are times when the success will be based on you know my abilities. That's you know, I mean, that's just the reality. So.
0: Okay, great. And just to get an idea, so uh, with with acting, you know, that's definitely one part of the business. But um, what I, I know, I know, I see you at uh, SAG AFTRA, and you used to be part of, um, I, I guess, part of their different. Uh, Leadership, leadership uh areas of uh, of Sega after what other you know parts of the business or in entertainment what other roles have you taken on directing uh, writing um, yeah or- uh,
1: i i've i've uh i've had the opportunity i started very early on in fact the directing part of my career started when i was doing educational films and um i was always inquisitive And so what happened was, is even when I wasn't working in front of the camera, I was paying attention to what everybody else was doing. And the producer said to me afterwards, she goes, have you ever thought about directing? And I said, no, not really. Why? And she goes, because I think you'd be good at it. And so she gave me the opportunity to do that. And the thing that I found is, is that by directing projects, I became a better actor. And also by directing projects, I had to learn what everyone else was doing. So suddenly I was learning how lighting works and how sound works and and camera composition, all of those things became a part of my uh, bag of skills. Uh, I even worked, you know, I've done some producing, I worked in commercial casting. While I was working as an actor, I worked in commercial casting for nine years. I learned so much from doing all these other things that it made me a better actor. For me, that was really the important thing now you mentioned the SAG after stuff. I currently only serve on th- three committees, but over the years, I was the uh, vice chair of the conservatory, which is a teaching you know uh, i mean you, you i don 't know if you've been involved with that at all, but the mm-hmm. los angeles the SAG after conservatory, where we were providing workshops and and intensives uh, every summer there would be a hundred hours of workshops and Panels and things like that. I I was one of the originators of the radio play program that I that you uh, you know participated in. I'm on the reinstatement committee and you know all of these things. I did them because one I felt very fortunate to be a member of both SAG and AFTRA. and when they merged, you know, to become a member of that new union, because it afforded me the opportunity to not only to work in this business but to make the kind of money and earn pension and things that, you know, are, um, a lot of people don't have that luxury. So I give back. I'm one mm-hmm. of those people that are like, it's like if somebody asks me to answer a question, mentor them, whatever. I'm always going to do it. I love to share. And so that's one way of doing it through the union. Whereas, you know, there, there are a lot of people that don't focus on that at all. They just focus on themselves and what they, they can gain by doing the work. I personally think there's a, a greater benefit to sharing and helping and passing and paying forward and all those other things.
0: Great. Um, and, yeah,
1: I, I, I think, you know, uh, it, that goes back to what I said at the beginning of our conversation. I think anything that you do, even if it's not just acting per se, because there are a lot of people that say, well, I don't know how to do anything else. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, is that I do know how to do other things, but I choose not to do other things. I, I choose to to do what I'm doing, which is to be an actor. So, If I do direct something, it's because I want to. If I produced something, it's because I want to. If I was involved in casting, it was because I wanted to. And I enjoyed it. All of those things uh, made me a better actor. So that was the reason for doing it.
0: Nice. And thanks for sharing a little bit about mentorship. And, you know, I'd like to touch on that a little bit. So in terms of mentorship, you know, let's say... Somebody, an actor just recently reached out to you, asked for your mentorship. And yes, there's like, you know, the optimistic area of being a mentor. And it's like, yes, you know, you can do it or whatever. And, you know, good job, good work. But then there's also the reality of the business. What might be something that if you had to get real with somebody who was having some challenges, you know, the the tough talk, what might be something that you might share with them?
1: Well, the thing is I would have to hone in on What I felt was the stumbling block for them. Sometimes it's just not being, them not facing the reality of who they are. Sometimes it's the reality of the business, which is the nature of the business, which is, and I may have shared this with you a bit of information that I learned when I worked in casting, and that is is that for every role that is posted out there to be filled by the producers, for every role, there are 3,500 to 5,000 actors in Los Angeles alone that are capable of filling that role. So when you think about those numbers, you recognize the, the difficulty that as an individual that you face. And the trick is is to just focus on what you're capable of doing, apply yourself, and know that you may not get this one, but if you keep working at it, you're going to get something. Now, that something may be a small role in a student film, or it may be, you know, working, uh, doing equity waiver theater, or whatever it is, it may not be an Academy Award winning motion picture that's going to be on every uh, screen and, and every theater across the country. The bottom line is, is that you have to, I look at it from the standpoint of, I need to know what what the difficulties are that you're facing. And if I ask a series of questions, hopefully those questions will lead me to uh, identify what it is that you're struggling with. And I think that's the, because I I'll give you a story used to share this extensively when I was teaching. And that is um, I was a part of a cold reading, reading workshop that was being held here in Los Angeles. Every week they would give these where casting directors would come and listen to you do your scene and then critique you and either take your uh, picture and resume and cast you at some point or give you their criticisms on your performance. But we had a a, a screening process where every Saturday morning people would come and they would read for myself and another actor and we would say, okay, good, you're qualified, you can start taking workshops. Or the other uh, outcome would be it might be best for you to focus on taking some acting classes to get better so that when you do present your work to a casting director, you're not embarrassing yourself. I would never say to someone, you can't do it. But I had one girl that really just hadn't done the work. She wasn't, you know, she didn't know what she was doing. She was just throwing Mm. it out there. And I said to her, I said, look, I'm going to suggest to you that you take some classes. She fell apart. She started sobbing. And I said, wait wait a minute, something else is going on here. And she told me that she had basically she had moved out here. She'd given herself uh, four months to, to make it. She had X amount of dollars in her pocket. She was getting to the end of that four months and she was running out of money and she was desperate to make something happen. I said, that's not the smart way to go about this. One, you should come out here, no limit to the amount of time you're willing to spend, no limit to the amount of money that you're going to spend, and you figure out how to find the money, whether it's getting a day job or whatever, that affords you the luxury to stay here as long as you want to try and make it. And once I explained that to her, she was like, oh. And it was fascinating to me because I realized that she had set up so many obstacles for herself and that's what was causing her this this frustration as opposed to just simply going about the business of becoming an actor because you don't just in other words you don't wake up one morning go i'm going to be an actor and that's it although a lot of people will do that and think that's all it takes but at the end of the day um the reality is, is like I said earlier, it's no different than anything else. You have to, you've got to learn the trade. You've got to figure out what it is that you offer. You've got to find the niche and you've got to chase it. And, and you know, it's sometimes not easy and you've got to have money in the bank and know where you can develop those skills, whether it's taking acting classes or whatever, you have to be prepared to do that work. And, um, So, I mean, for me, it's a no brainer. And it wasn't something that just came to me early on. I learned it through the process of doing what I was
0: doing. So So many great lessons out of that story. On one hand, yeah.
1: You should have been, if you had been in the (laughs) room, the gal that was working with me that day, she freaked out and she says, I I have to step out. And I said, fine, go ahead, get yourself some coffee. And so I took the time to work with this young lady and and, and I don't know whatever happened to her. But at the end of the day, it wasn't my decision. Uh, in other words, it wasn't up to me as to whether or not she was going to have a career in this business. It was up to her. And that's right the on. one thing that I will say is is it's not, you know, sometimes we, you know, think like, for example, if somebody came to me and said, help me have a career, you know, whether you think it's your manager that's going to do it or your agent's going to do it or whatever, they're going to try and work with you. But at the end of the day, you really. You really are the CEO of your own company. You really are responsible for making it happen. And everyone that's going to help you needs you to be focused and needs you to be able to step up and do your job.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, you know, my favorite part of that story was what you mentioned, like how many obstacles she set up for herself or, you know, she basically oh, yeah. limited herself to four months to succeed. And th- that just blows my mind. But but you
1: know, see, that's is. that's not unusual. That That's not unusual. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people, you know, you said like earlier about the red carpet and there's this perception. And that's the difference is, is the reality doesn't always, uh, you know, uh, uh, resemble you your perception of how things work. I'll give you another quick little story. My parents did not realize that, you know, you you had to audition. You had to compete for the roles. They said, well, just go apply. You'll get the job. Uh, Okay. And I, I was like, no, that's not how it works. And the reality is, is that there are a lot of people that want that job And there are a lot of people that have been in this business longer than I have. And there are a lot of people that know the casting directors and or the producer, the director of the project. They have an inside track. And the reality is, is they're going to be in in a much better position than I am to get that job than I am. So, you know, at the end of the day, I do the best I can with what I have. And that's really all, all I can do. Quite frankly, if I said, well, I only have... I'm going to give myself four months to do it. I'm going to, you know, I'm only going to take, you know, big jobs. I'm not going to take, uh, you know, small jobs. My first job in this business as an actor, paying job was, was um, one line in a, a very small, obscure film. And I don't even think the line ended up in the movie. But I was so excited because it was an all-night shoot. I was working with Tim Conway and it it didn't matter to me that it was you know whether it ended up on the screen or not how much how many lines i had whatever it didn't matter i was working as an actor and that to me was the most important thing
0: wonderful and it was and, and it was cold yeah. that night too ooh those cold nights and they didn't have those fancy heaters that they got uh,
1: today, huh? Well, no, supposed and we today? were working outside, and we were, you know, I was supposed to be in my police car. It was supposed to be an automobile accident that ensues as a result of him being chased by the the bad guys, and and we just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time, or wrong place at the wrong time,
0: hmm. so something and, like that. Yeah. All right, cool. And I, I use this phrase. I preface this by saying, you know, I I believe in the idea that. In order to be lucky, you have to work enough to put yourself in a position to be lucky, you know, in the sense that, you know, people create their own luck in many ways. So what was the luckiest break? Because, you know, that's something, you know, people hear about or They try to, they, they believe happens in this business. Um, what was the luckiest break you felt you had in your career or you like, know, it, you know, how did, how did it come about?
1: I don't really have one singular moment. I think the thing for me, the key to, to this, to my success at least, has been one that when the opportunities present themselves to me, I say yes. Uh, I make the best of every you know situation uh, that I possibly can, and that all of those all of those elements put together are what has had the most positive impact on my career. Now. That's not to say that there are people out there because I know of, of actors who have gone from being a, a part of the crowd to suddenly, you know, getting recurring on a series then they get a, their series regular. And then of course they go on and do feature films so they can say, well, it was being cast in this or being, you know, there have been moments in their career. For me, it's all of those things, all the opportunities that I've had, because I'll tell you one You're not in this business alone. If you're an actor or even if you're not an actor, let's say you work sound or whatever it is that you do, it's a group effort. It's a community. So every time that I've worked, I'm working with these awesome people and I'm learning from them and I'm interacting with them. I mean, when I think about all the actors that I've had the chance to work with over the years, I mean, there's some big names in there. And I have to say, it wasn't so much that my career was elevated as a result of that job, by being cast in it, it was elevated by the fact that I was able to interact with them and learn from them. And, you know, the experience overall was just, it was awesome. It was a very positive, uh, you know, it had a very positive impact on my career. And I know that it would be nice if I was to say, well, of course it was being cast as the lead in the Francis Ford Coppola series, The Godfather, and I played the... No, that's not the case. The bottom line is, uh, for me as a working actor, it goes back to all of those things, all of those opportunities have been, have contributed to to my career. So uh, I I don't say that there's any one. I wish, I, I mean, it would be fun to be able to, I mean, I know of actors who have suddenly been taken from obscurity and catapulted into, I think to myself, well, that must be great for them, but I wouldn't want. I mean, I hate to say it, but I would not want to be, you know, the guy that suddenly went from nobody knows who you are to everybody knows who you are. Cause mm-hmm. it's really not, you know, it can be frustrating.
0: Sure. Fame has its, definitely has its own um, oh, yeah. you
1: know, drawbacks.
0: Yeah. It's complicated. It is
1: complicated. I mean, it yeah. would get me great tables at restaurants. You know, <laughs> I get free tickets, you know, courtside for, you know, yeah. like, but that's not what I seek out when I do this.
0: And, you know, this is definitely a great message for, you know, building that long-term career. Because, yes, you can hope for that lucky break in one, in one sense, you know, and probably get to skyrocket anybody, right? But at the end of the day, if you want to be in the industry and have a long-term career and, you know, consider it as an opportunity, um, I, I really appreciate your perspective on that. so Well,
1: I think it's important to have. I mean, there's a very good friend of mine, James Dumont, who in the last couple of years, uh, his career has really uh, been elevated, but this guy's working all the time and he's in a lot of projects. In fact, I get a good laugh out of it whenever I watch on television, if I see a film on TV or whatever that I decide to catch and I go, Oh, there's James and he's always working. And that's, and, and recently he's had the opportunity to work getting better roles, bigger projects, whatever. And, and that has changed uh, for him it has changed how he's perceived in the business but at the end of the day if you look at his imdb page this guy's been working and he's been working a lot and that's more important
0: right on definitely and to to you know come into this industry or come into entertainment and you know think that it's just you know just luck or just anything like that as opposed to you know a lot of people putting in a ton of time into their careers um, you know, there's yeah, some real it, it talk to you that you're sharing.
1: It does make a big difference, yes, most definitely. So
0: cool. And you were talking. Uh, his name was James Dumont.
1: Yeah, James Dumont. D u m o n t. In fact, his son. He and his son now were re- recurring on that uh, series, John Goodman and all of them about the uh, uh, televangelists. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, so they're it, it's. He's actually, he was so excited. This is what cracks me up about James because he's that kind of guy. He was so excited that his son and he were both cast and not as father and son in this show. And so they were both given the opportunity to work on this wonderful project. And, uh, you know, I mean, again, it just demonstrates his attitude towards the business. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that he was as excited for his boy. As he was for himself.
0: Anyway. I bet. And that's great to be able to have a family booking on that. So, just to get an idea, I mean, it sounds, you know, with this industry, of course, you know, I think 50,000 people like go into Los Angeles every year. And, you know, I imagine a good portion of that, a surprisingly high proportion, are people trying to become actors. So, just thinking about like long term, you know, professional relationships and, you know, friendships and everything over the long term. And I think this is helpful for the general public, not just or anybody thinking about their careers, not just acting. But, you know, what are some of the tips that you have in terms of, you know, maintaining those industry relationships, you know, keeping them strong and obviously, you know, the ones that you friendships that you have um, that are professional, that are, you know, mutually valuable, you know, what do you do to, you know, keep those flowing?
1: Well, for me, number one is just to be myself. Um, I think, and, and treat people the way you would like to be treated, I think is a, is a wonderful mantra to live by. Here's the thing. In fact, I used to teach a class up at the Conservatory called uh, On Set, and basically, what it was is how to behave once you book the job because there's all these workshops there teaching you how to audition and whatnot, but the reality is is that that's only a small part of it. Once you book the job and you're on set, it's very important to recognize how you behave not just your acting, but how you behave towards everyone else on the set uh, your, your fellow actors, the crew. Every if you are The kind of person that people want to work with again, in other words, if I'm going to spend a day with you, I want to know that it's not going to be a miserable experience and I want people to feel the same way about me. So no matter what my job is to go and do the best work I can, but also to be the kind of person that someone would say, you know what? I'd work with that guy again because he was professional you know he, he wasn't a prima donna he wasn't uh, you know he didn't behave badly he didn't make our lives difficult and so essentially what it boils down to is is and the other part of that is is that knowing how appreciative you know you have to recognize that i didn't do it by myself so i appreciate what everyone else in this room is doing i appreciate the sound guy the the lighting dp the makeup and hair i mean i i have to tell you the two best friends that you can have on any shoot, hair and makeup and DP, because if you don't treat them right, I guarantee you it come back to bite you in the butt. The trick is, is to be the kind of person that everyone would want to work with again. I did a play this last year. I booked it because the writer I'd worked with before, the producer I'd worked with before, the casting director I'd worked with before, the only person that I hadn't worked with before was the director. So I knew that these other people that were bringing me in were bringing me in because they enjoyed working with me before. And then I said, well, but I also have to make sure that this director appreciates what I did. So we had a wonderful time. In fact, he called me last week to work on another project that he's he's doing. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'm there. So I, I realized once again that I had uh, secured another fan. You know when people talk about fans? <laughs> okay. The reality is this. I have a lot of fans. And by that, I mean those people that, are, that like my work, enjoy what I do, and would be willing to see me do it again, that can hire me. They're my fans. And that's mm-hmm. important because what it does is that having those kinds of relationships in this industry make the difference between working and not.
0: I like that. Seeing fans as more than just, you know, people that watch your stuff, but the people that are actually in the industry that, you know, that enjoy working oh, yeah. with you. I mean, that's, that's oh a yeah. Great way to see I it. mean,
1: if you have people that enjoy working with you, you want them to be your fans because they're the ones that are going to help you uh, to secure the next job. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that there are times when I didn't know what I was going to do next. And all of a sudden the phone would, would ring and it would be somebody I'd worked with before saying, hey, what are you doing next week? And I'd go, well, I go, what do you what do you got? And they would tell me. And I'd say, I'm there. I'm there. There are people casting directors, directors, producers. There are there are people that that you work with once. If they like you and they like working with you, they will call you again and again. Why not? I mean, when you look at it, there are directors that will tell you, you know, it's like Scorsese with, you know, De De Niro and all these. I mean, these actors, he works with them because he has a shorthand. Mm -hmm. And he recognizes how the ease of working with them and the fact that they all kind of see things the same way. So they're going to get this job done much more easily, much more efficiently than if he has to, you know, educate a whole new cast.
0: For sure. And, you know, just to get an idea. So on one hand, you know, there's... Maintaining those relationships and you know, when you're on set, being a person that people want to work with. So, you know, just from an outside perspective, I would imagine that you know, people here I've heard about like you know, people saying, Oh, you got to network and you got to like go out to the bars and you know, be able to meet producers and actors while you're out there so that you find that one opportunity. And while I imagine there could be some truth to that, um, you know, just based on anecdotal stories, but what are some other effective ways for people that, you know, don't go out, um, to, in, in like to, to party or whatever, you know, like bars and things, you know, what are some other effective ways to network considering that, you know,
1: I'm not a big social butterfly, you know, from the standpoint of I'm I'm not going to go out and do the bar hopping and all that. But what I do is I alert people to everything that I'm doing. Social media has become a huge component in this and I can tell you like for example I share with people every success I have I share with people and if I have something that I'm in and I want them to come see it I will ask them you know I'll I'll say to them listen if you're interested in coming to see me in the show for example if if it's a play, I would be, you know, delighted and I will do everything I can to make sure that happens. Uh, if I'm on something, you know, if, if it's uh, whether it's television or a film or whatever, I will let them know that I'm appearing in this. But bottom line is I want them to see the work because at the end of the day, that's what is going to get me the next job is the work. Now, when, I, when, you know, you talk about going to bars and, you know, whatever, I think, the, the problem with that is is that's really not the effective way to get work that's just hanging out with people and maybe they like you because you you're, you're a great drunk you know which some people you know can be yeah. super funny once they get a few drinks in them sure. but it, At the end of the day, I would much rather be judged for the work that I do rather than trying to impress someone by going and meeting them for drinks. I will go and, and meet someone for drinks because I want to hang out with them, but I never go with the intention of them giving me a job. I think that goes back to the same thing when people say, when you audition, you're not going in there to get the job. You're going in there to do your show, your little play, uh, you know, for the, the audience, whether they're the casting director, or the director, or the producer, or whatever, you're showing them what you're capable of doing. Let them decide whether or not you're right for the role. Because it may be that you won't book that one, but you'll book something else. And that, that's happened to me over the years as well, where I think, well, geez, I didn't get that. And then all of a sudden, I get a call for something else from those people that saw me audition and recognized that I had what they were looking for in a different character or whatever. So I think that the bottom line is, is going in with expectations of getting something as a result of going to a bar or, or whatever, fall into the same category as going into an audition expecting to book.
0: Interesting. You have so many great perspectives on, you know, how to approach the industry, how to approach the business. And um, definitely definitely, build those relationships that important and also to be a professional long-term working actor so totally appreciate you being on here to to wrap things up just want to get get an idea i mean was there ever something unusual that you tried to book a role in the past or maybe when you were just getting started you were like oh let me dress up like this and then see what they say or have you ever Uh,
1: i you know it's funny my ignorance when i first started it basically allowed me the luxury to go out and, and, and do things not knowing any better. And sometimes it was embarrassing. You know, sometimes I was living in a, a fantasy world, which is like a lot of people that come to L.A. I was already here. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is that there, there were times when I would do something just utterly ridiculous, thinking that it was going to get me the big gig And ultimately I got nothing out of it and realized in hindsight, that was foolish. I shouldn't have done that. So again, I think it's important to understand the realities and not to be doomsday you know, and say, okay, you're never gonna make it, you're never gonna borrow, there's too many people out there, I'm never gonna. I think at the end of the day, what it came down to was, is that I learned from my mistakes, what not to do. And um, I believe that, taking those, I don't want to call them failures, but taking those those moments where it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to and learning from those moments, for me, were uh, the best possible outcome for those situations. You know, it's, it's funny how we feel like we're the only ones pursuing this, so we why, why shouldn't we get it? But when you start to work, and I think casting helped me open my eyes to the number of people that are pursuing the roles. And I started to realize it isn't always about the person that's that gave the best performance. There's a lot of other things that go into it. So the trick is, and it's not always, why didn't I get that job? Well, they didn't like the way I looked. No, it had nothing to do with that. You know, whatever the reason was that I didn't get the job, I did what I needed to do. They did what they needed to do and it didn't mesh and that's okay. I think that's the big difference you know quite frankly is is a lot lot of people are not willing to uh, you know my favorite thing is is that an actor's week can start out like this I got nothing going on on Monday all of a sudden Monday afternoon I get a call you've got an audition tomorrow for for whatever it is Fantastic. I got an audition tomorrow Tuesday, so I'm going to go. I go to the audition, I give it my best, you know, whether it's dressing up, doing whatever it is, you know, all the things that I think are necessary, and I think, "Wow, I nailed that one." And on Wednesday, I get a call, "Okay, you got a call back." So you go to the callback. Now, mind you, the week started off with nothing. Now I've got this callback. I'm already spending the money. You know, I'm already thinking top of the world, you know. So you go to the callback. You do a really good job. They put you on a veil. Mm -hmm. And Friday afternoon, you get a call from your agent to tell you they took you off of Ah. So there's the arc. So many people live their lives based on those little bits of those little moments. I'm on a veil. Oh my God, I'm on a veil. And they're already spending the money or all, you know, or even if you shoot something, I did a film. Last year I did a film. I got cut out of it. Not because of anything I did. They changed the ending of the film. Mm. Well, okay. I still got paid to do it. I still got a chance to work with these other actors. I still got a chance to work with the director. As far as I'm concerned, I had a great time. And that's all that I can, you know, hope for. Anything above and beyond that, well, it evaporated with the, the the final cut, you know, which is is that they decided that they needed to end this story differently. So my scene was essentially taken out. It happens. Mm-hmm. But if I had built my life around that, if I didn't have anything else going on, I would have been devastated. And that's why I say the more you have going on, the more you do, the broader your spectrum of interests and whatever that really makes a difference in terms of your survival
0: wonderful that's such a great way to wrap things up and in 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 the the essence of you know it's one thing to hear about it from you know a random person who's maybe been in an industry for like five years of you know keeping keeping working keeping doing things you know, not to let situations like the one you just shared about not having your scene get to you, um, but to hear it from you, you know, somebody that's been in an injury for you know, quite a few years, much, much more than five. And to consistently work, I mean, it's yeah. like it it definitely nails in the importance of all of that.
1: It's been a long journey and it's not over for me, my friend.
0: Yeah, right on. <laughs> um cool. So uh thank you so much for being on this podcast and hey, letting me interview pleasure. you and ask all these questions. And you know, I for the audience, um, you know, Bob Telford, he's been <laughs> He's, he's been in this industry for quite a while now. So get, these lessons are, are so powerful. I mean, when you I, think about all the insight that to be gained from this, it's fantastic.
1: And and can I just say this? Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. I think that the key to this business is, is that you never stop learning. You never stop working. You never stop. You, you don't you don't ever consider yourself as having made it. You know, when you mentioned Bob Telford, it's like, I just think of myself as another person. Yes, I, you know, I've had the success that I've had. Basically, I'm just another guy trying to do what I love. And that's really all I am. And quite honestly, I enjoy the heck out of it. And in fact, the uncertainty of it is probably one of the more appealing aspects because it basically keeps me on my toes. It keeps me thinking: What would I like to do today? What what can I try? Something you know, and always looking for something new, fun, exciting to do. That's the other thing about longevity: is is that you want to keep, you know, you want to be flexible, and you want to keep looking for that next opportunity, no matter what it is. Because I think that that's really the key. That if you if you're inflexible, it's like I know one of the things that you wanted to ask was about whether I've ever turned down a role. I've never turned down a role because I don't know what that role is until I do it. I never know what the outcome is going to be until I do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and the nice thing about the business today is, is that it has changed. The dynamics has changed to the point where it's much more of a level playing field because of, look at, you're doing a podcast. You're doing essentially you know, you're, you and I are sitting down, we're not even in the same room, we're talking to one another, we're sharing these experiences, and you're asking questions, and I'm giving you answers based on my, we would not have been able to do that 20 years ago. Right? You know, so the fact of the matter is, and then you take that podcast, and you post it, and people are able to listen to it, they may or may not benefit from it. But the but the at the end of the day, we did it. And that's The beauty of the industry, as it's you know, I mean, the idea now that it's all that there's a lot of DIY, do it yourself aspects that are Mm -hmm. making it much easier for individuals to create a career that they might not otherwise have.
0: Yeah, and that definitely sounds like a a fantastic conversation that you've got many uh, great ideas on here. Keep it going. Keep 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 doing what
1: I say, keep (laughs) doing what you're doing. Thanks, Bob. Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for asking me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. All right. Well, um, b- Bob, just to get an idea, what's the best way to reach you if you know anybody hears this and they want to reach out to you for an opportunity or if they just want to... Well, I'm on like, Facebook.
1: I, know, yeah. I mean, I'm on Facebook, Bob Telford. Uh, and I'm also, I have uh, my email address, which is bobtelfordbiz at gmail.com. And that biz is B-I-Z. So, I mean, those are two ways. I mean, I know I have twitter and all that but um i really find the long form especially if people have questions or whatever i find that that's much easier for them to a more effective way to do it mm-hmm.
0: awesome so facebook and email that's bob telford yeah
1: hopefully and hopefully uh, you know if people have questions they they will take the time to reach out and i'm happy to respond as you know i always get back to people that's the other yeah thing. I, I mean I, I i'm, I'm uh, just like i said just another guy all
0: right wonderful well thanks uh, so much and everybody that's bob telford and uh thank you for listening and tuning in and have a wonderful day everybody
1: thank you emmett